0: Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Pastor, where we look at movies, music, comics, and more from the perspective of faith. Hello again, everyone. I'm Chris Perry, your self proclaimed pop culture pastor. This is the point in the show where normally I'd introduce our guest and our topic, but today is gonna to be a, a solo show from me. Uh, partly because nobody wants to talk with me about my subject today. It's it's something that's personal to me, and also nobody really cares about the subject the same way I do. It makes sense once we start talking about it. But before I actually tell you who our subject is today, I want to tell you a story. So a couple years ago, I was invited to be a part of a group of a, a, a spiritual retreat. We went to a Jesuit Retreat Center, and the weekend was going to be focused on prayer and silence and contemplation—all these you know deeply spiritual things. And one day, uh, we you know spent the morning talking about what contemplation is. We had done reading ahead of time to to study this subject, and our assignment, I guess you could say, for the the rest of the morning was to just go and take a a full hour to be in silence. Uh, just be in contemplative prayer. We could do that sitting, we could, we could do it walking, but the goal was uh, to, to be in silent prayer where you're not really asking God for things. You may have a, a prayer word or a phrase that you're repeating, but as much as possible to empty your mind of thought and to, to simply contemplate God and God's goodness. And so I, I was doing this and, you know, I had a little trouble focusing at, at various times. You know, it's just hard for me to, for many of us, right, to fully empty our minds. And when we were done, later that afternoon, we came back and we were kind of talking about our experience, what was uh, positive in it, what, what was challenging for us. And when it got to me, I was sharing my experience that, you know, it it went well, but there were times that I, I couldn't focus. And I admitted that the reason was, is that I just couldn't get a song out of my head. And I didn't really want to say what it was, but of course, everyone else in the group pressured me. And so eventually, I had to reveal that the song that I couldn't get out of my head was Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Which was a pretty recent new song at the time The album had just come out and, and so I know that's why it was stuck in my head But this song was actually helpful for me Working through a transitional time in my life That I was dealing with right then And so that's why Thank You Next Is going to be the topic of our episode today Thought I'd end up with shine but it wasn't a match. But some songs about Ricky. Now I listen and laugh. Even though got married. And for being so thankful. Wish I could say thank you to Malcolm. Because he was a an angel. So, to start out, I feel like I kind of have to defend or explain my love of Ariana Grande. I do seem to get a lot of grief for that from my wife, from my other friends who are into music. Uh, I remember one of them said, oh, my my 10-year-old son is really into her. I would say my music interests are, are pretty eclectic. You know, if you keep listening to this show and, and other episodes, you'll see some of the you know cool hipster indie sort of music that I'm into or hip hop, those sort of things. But I'm not an elitist, and I hope you aren't either. I mean, in the streaming age, doesn't everybody listen to a little bit of everything? Why can't that include Ariana Grande? You know, Even as, as a minister, as a pastor, uh, I found her, her songs sometimes useful. Her song, God is a Woman, has actually uh, come up as a way for me to talk about God and gender and how God is beyond such things. If you're dealing with anxiety or if you're learning how to do uh, a breath prayer, well, just keep breathing is good advice. And when I've talked about purity culture, uh, you can also use her as an example. Really, I'm thinking about uh, if you remember Aretha Franklin's funeral, there was an incident where a pastor there uh, gave her a hug that was a little more like groping, and you know, it, it kind of spread a whole discussion. But as as we're going to talk about how you know this song and and really her work in general fits into <laughs> my life, and it's helped me process some things. Got to give you a little bit of, of a timeline of her life, and a lot of it comes down to her relationships. So she dated the rapper Mac Miller from 2016 to 2018, and during that time, a pretty significant event that happened uh, was that in 20, uh, May of 2017, there was a bombing at one of her concerts in Manchester. A suicide bomber killed, I think, about 22 people, injured a whole lot more and so that, you know, she canceled her tour and, and took a lot of time to reflect on that. Not long after that, she started dating uh, Pete Davidson, the actor, who you know, seems to get around quite a bit. And uh, it was during that time that she released the album Sweetener in August of 2018, which uh, was, was talking some about her relationships and also, you know, reflecting on the, the, the tragedy she'd been through. Uh, but then to speak of tragedies, uh, right after that album was released, Uh, Her ex, Max Miller, actually died of a drug overdose. And then not much longer after that, in February of 2019, she released the album Thank You Next, which, as I said, is what we're focusing on today. Now, I don't usually care about celebrity relationship drama. I don't usually know who celebrities are dating. But I mention that because it is uh, important to the song we're going to talk about and also her response to some real tragedies that she experienced. I think that elevates some of her work above typical pop music. Now, uh, that's enough about Ariana Grande's history. I want to tell you some about my history. Um, So my previous ministry context, uh, the last church that I was at, was in a small rural town of Cordell, Oklahoma. had 3,000 people, uh, literally had one stoplight, uh, three restaurants, only one of which was good sometimes, uh, and, I, you know, when I was there, I kind of wondered, how did I end up in, in this place? I am not a, a small-town kind of person. Uh, I'm from a slightly bigger city. And, you know, when I first heard about this job, I, my first reaction was, well, obviously, that's not going to fit for me. You know, you, you kind of have your assumptions about how uh, you know conservative or um, stuck in the past maybe that, that certain rural communities might be, especially in Churches of Christ, the movement I'm part of. But when I went there to interview, I was actually really surprised to see that this was a church that was committed not to just doing what had been done in the past, but to actually seeing how they could be uh, a light and a witness in their actual community, seeing the way they had reached out to people that were dealing with addiction and, and uh, move past some of um, the, the worst parts of our history. And so I, I took that job. This was in 2015, and this was my first full-time preaching job. I had been in various kinds of ministry for for many years before that, but this is the first job I had out of out of seminary. And I was there for for four years, and I feel like I did a a lot of good with with connecting to people who, you know, maybe would have felt excluded by the church, which again was was part of the mission of the church. And I was happy to be a part of that. It'll be uh, doing things like a jail ministry you know every week going in and, and just talking with guys who were, were in a pretty bad place and, and seeing the impact that could make. So there was a lot of things that I really loved about that church and uh, the way that I learned to be a minister full time while I was there. Not that I figured everything out, but that I definitely grew a lot during that time. But like I said, I, I, I never really felt like I was a, a small town kind of person. And issues that come up, as they do in most churches, with leadership and uh, eventually getting to a point where it felt like I wasn't really being heard. You know, no matter how much I tried to, to pull this church forward, they, a lot of the church wasn't listening, and so I they, they seemed kind of apathetic. So I was starting to wonder, is this is this the right place for me? And so at that time, well, another church came along. You know, I wasn't actively looking for a, a new ministry job, but... When they asked if I was interested, I was kind of surprised to answer, yeah, I think I am. So this would be a slightly bigger church, not not a whole lot bigger, it's not a huge church that I'm at now, and a slightly bigger staff, there was going to be three ministers instead of two, and it wasn't a much bigger city, right? This is in Wichita, where I'm at now, spoiler alert, I do take this, this new job, and so, yeah, Wichita felt, seemed like it would be a better fit for, you know, the size of place that I wanted to be and that my family wanted to be in. And, you know, it also was going to use different gifts that I would be able to focus more on education and worship and and some other things that, that I wasn't doing there, right? The, the things that I felt I had strengths in were things that this church was looking for. And so it all kind of felt like it was falling into place. Like I said, I wasn't looking, but it just kind of came at the right time and seemed to be the right place to go. And so that brought up a lot of feelings, you know, feelings about, is it okay for me to to leave this other church? You know, I would, for one thing, I was going to miss being the preacher. I'll admit, you know, the feeling that every time you finish the sermon on Sunday, you know, you've got to start another one Monday for the next Sunday, on and on and on forever. That does get old, but you know, I was going to miss having that that voice and being able to spend the time in in the text to really find what is the message for for my church. And you know, that wasn't going to be my role anymore, and that that seemed kind of strange. Although at the time, like I said, I was kind of looking forward to a break. But but bigger than that, you know, I was wondering well, what is my church in Cordell going to do without me? Are there going to be people there that that feel like I'm abandoning them? People that were really connected to this church because they had gotten close to me and, and my wife and my family. And even sometimes to wonder, well, will this church survive? You know, it wasn't a very big church, as you can imagine, in, in that size of a town. And it had its struggles over the years, and you lose people, as you always do. And, and sometimes new ones come in, but that's not always consistent. But then I start to think, well, is that a healthy way to think about my relationship with the church with any relationship right if i'm not here then it's not going to survive uh, that's that's not really showing much faith in god who actually is is caring for this congregation but then on the other hand as i'm thinking about you know should i go to this bigger church that's got more opportunities well aren't we called to not seek success and not seek bigger things isn't that the way of the of the cross to to do hard things what, what may not be what we would choose you know the kind of downward mobility of Christ emptying himself and coming to earth uh, does it go against that when ministers are, are always taking the job that's going to give them a, a better paycheck so these are all the kind of thoughts that I was wrestling with and and I was talking with lots of, of my mentors like I mentioned at the very beginning I was going to this retreat a contemplative retreat at this time and so I was able to to pray about this a lot and and think a lot about this but one thing that actually was really helpful in this journey was hearing this song that had just come out. I'm so, for my so if you haven't heard that song before, you, you heard a little bit of it right there. The song is really about being thankful for a relationship even as you acknowledge that it's time to move on. All right In that song, she's talking about all the relationships that, that she's been in before and how each relationship taught her something, right? One taught her love, one taught her patience, one taught her pain, right? Even if the relationship wasn't always good, you're still learning something from it. You're growing as a person because of that relationship. You are who you are because of the, of the relationships that you have. And so that that really actually impacted me, as, as silly as it sounds, as I thought about this church, right, that that I was thankful for everything that, that this church had taught me through its love, through the times that it caused me pain, maybe I caused people there some pain sometimes. But either way, I, I could still be thankful for it. And yet, even as I'm thankful, I can say, next. I, I can acknowledge that it's okay to move on. Really, what I, I heard from God, not from Ariana. Uh, but from God was, you know, it's okay to, to leave as long as you leave in love. And so, you know, kind of taking those things together, yeah, I was able to say, thank you, next church to Cordell. And, you know, as I think deeper about ministry, there's a lot of ways in which ministry is is kind of like marriage. You know, it, it's a job, but it is more relational than a lot of other jobs out there. Uh, the language that I've heard before is that it's a enmeshed vocation. Because it's it's your career, it's what you do for a paycheck, but it's also your church, right? Think about how connected and important your church is to you, and on top of that, the fact that this is also what you do for a living. You know, the relationships that you have in a church are, are a little complicated because you're, you're ministering and pastoring to people, but some of those people are also your closest friends, but then there's the question of, well, can you really be friends in, the, in a full way with people that that you're a pastor to? Are they always going to see you that way? Is there some, some distance that's always going to be there? So it's, that's why I compare it to a marriage, being in ministry, that that there's a big commitment there, and then it's, it takes a lot out of you, and it expects a lot from you. And so it also makes it you know, kind of difficult when it, it might be time to move on. You can think of the interviewing phase of of searching out new ministry positions as, uh, like dating, right? And just like in dating, you want to be open, but maybe not too open right at first, right? You, on the first date, you don't say everything that you think. You'll probably scare the person off with all your craziness, but you want to be honest enough that you know what you're getting into. But then to, to take this metaphor into my situation, well, if I'm already in a relationship with the church, is it cheating for me to go and interview somewhere else? Right? And I know a lot of ministers, and, and again, and this is true in plenty of types of jobs where you can't be honest or that you're looking for something else because you might lose what you already have and then not get the other things. I say a lot to say that it's always really a personal decision to to leave a church, right? It's It's never just business, even if you want to present it that way. Now, the difference between ministry and marriage is that you rarely expect to stay in one ministry job for your entire life. Right? There are a handful of people that 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 works out that way, but most of the time it's it's pretty short term, right? And so, uh, short term marriage is not really the idea we want to think about. Um, but another difference, though, is that it, when this is my job, I can't really be without a church. You know, in that in the song, Ariana talks about taking some time for herself, right? She's found someone new, but she's talking about kind of being on her own for a little bit and learning some things that way. Well, there were definitely times at that church and times at this church where uh, that would have been really nice, but unfortunately, since, since I got to get paid, uh, I can't move on unless I, you know, I'm looking for another sort of career right? that I'm going to get out of ministry. You can't just take time in between usually. So, you know, that's, that's how this song helped me. Right, to reflect on, this is the positives that I, that I was able to bring out of this uh, to acknowledge and also be able to, to say goodbye. But what about you? Now, some of you may also be in ministry, and, and you understand the, the specifics of the things I'm describing. I'm guessing a lot of you are not in ministry, but you are connected with a church, or at least you have been in the past. Maybe the church that you're at right now, you're not really sure if this is a place for you to, to stick around. Maybe you feel like you've outgrown the church somehow. Maybe you feel like what you believe now is, is not what this church believes. Maybe the church itself has changed in some way, that they've regressed or gone in a different direction than, than what you thought it was, and you feel kind of disappointed, but you don't want to leave the, the family that you're a part of. And maybe you've already left the church that you've been a part of for most of your life. Maybe you've gone to a different sort of church. Maybe you've just left the church entirely. Wherever you're at in in that journey, and and if if you're happy at the church that you're at right now, then that is also great. (laughs) Don't want to tell everyone they have to go find something new. But I know there's a lot of people that are in that place right now of not knowing where to go next. And so as you're working through that and sorting through the church you're in now, the church you've been a part of in the past, what can you be thankful for? Maybe you have to ask, is this church your Mac Miller? Is it just a Pete Davidson that you're with for a little bit, right? Seems like it has big church energy, but there's there's not a lot to sustain a long-term relationship there. Now, if if the church that you have been a part of was, you know, spiritually abusive in some way, you don't have to be thankful for the abuse. Right? Just like you don't need to be thankful for an actual abusive relationship. We're not saying that you call something good that was evil. But whatever was happening in, in that previous church, was it just bad? Was that the whole story? Maybe the leadership was abusive and hurtful, but I bet there were some people at that church that did care about you, and you cared about them. Or at least, even if you disagree with them, you can see that they were just doing their best with what they were given. So what can you be thankful for in the places that you've left, or the places that you're leaving, or the place that you're just not sure about right now? Gratitude is so important to the life of faith. It's so easy to just see the negative, uh, to look back at the past, or look at our current situation and only see the worst in other people, to see the worst in situations but what can you be thankful for right now? It doesn't excuse horrible behavior and hurtful beliefs, but I know there are things in your past that you can be grateful for. And sometimes, even if it was pretty bad, you can be grateful for who you are now, for how you have grown, from what you have learned. All that matters. what, What has been the fruit of the church relationships that you've had so far? Sometimes, if... They just piled on a bunch of manure. Well, that's actually what makes things grow pretty well. So, you don't have to always be in a relationship, but I think you do need community. That's why, you know, as a pastor, I'm going to say that I don't think that the long-term solution is to be on your own. You may need that time, and I totally understand that. If you've been burned, if you've been hurt by churches before, you might need to take a little time away, but you need community, too. We all do. That's, that's part of how we are made. And I know there are good communities out there. Uh, the one that I'm a part of, we're trying. <laughs> We've still got a lot of work to do, too. But I know even as there are no perfect churches, just like there are no perfect people and no perfect relationships, no perfect marriages, there are churches that will bless you and honor you. And I encourage you to, to do the work to seek those out. Uh, Or find community in in other ways, right? This is the gift of the world we live in now, that there are so many ways to know that you are not alone in your spiritual journey. So don't try and do it alone. Find a place that will bring you peace, that will help you to grow, that sometimes will challenge you. So don't give up on spiritual community just because there are some that are not worth being in a relationship with. So going back to Erin Grande, she's married now. Uh, she got married last year, I think, and likewise, at this point, I am settled in Wichita with that church that I left Cordell for. Now, 2020 and the pandemic were hard. Uh, they were actually hard for most ministers. The, the number of ministers that left or considered leaving is, is pretty high. Uh, last year in particular was, was pretty rocky, and if I'm being honest, there were a lot of times where I was about to say next to that church as well. And I didn't know where I was going to go next, but uh, it it didn't seem like that was going to be the place for me. But I'm recommitted now. Things have changed somewhat. And so I I want to make this a long-term relationship. Maybe it'll be the rest of my life. Those are the kind of things that you never fully know, but I'm committed to being where I'm at and loving the people that God has entrusted into my care. And if that's you listening, I am very thankful for you. Just like I am so thankful for those of you from my previous church who might also be listening. I do love you, and I'm thankful for what you taught me. So, to quote our muse today, I'm going to make this one last. God forbid something happens, but at least this podcast a smash. Well, now it's time for our final segment, our pop culture consolations and desolations. This is a version of the spiritual practice created by the 16th century founder of the Jesuits, Ignatius of Loyola, where you look at what is life-giving, where has the Spirit been at work in your life, and where have we turned away from the Spirit's invitations to love. Now, the way we're doing this is just to look at what in pop culture is life-giving this week and what has been uh, less than life-giving. What is anti-life? What has been disappointing? Well, obviously, I don't have a guest this week, so I guess I'll go first, and that's all you're going to hear. So what's giving me life, my consolation for this week— is the return of live music. Now that we are mostly out of the pandemic, fingers crossed, concerts are starting up again. You can go see uh, bands that, that come. And so I was able to see Jason Isbell a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to see Phoebe Bridgers in a couple weeks. So I'm, I'm really excited about both of those shows. Jason Isbell was great, and I know Phoebe is going to be great. She definitely got me through some rough times in 2020, like uh, many of us. So see, there's me uh, giving my indie rock cred. Uh, so, that, yeah, it's exciting, you know, because I live in Wichita now and, and I'm close to Kansas City and, you know, some musicians even come here. It's I have more opportunities. You know, in 2019, when I had just moved to, to Wichita, I had a lot of plans to go and see a lot of concerts in Kansas City with my friend Blake. And uh, we saw one. And then a few months later, everything shut down. So I'm just really excited to be able to go and, and experience live music again. Uh, I guess my only desolation is that you can't see everything. Tickets can cost a lot of money, and I have young children, so (laughs) getting to every show that that comes nearby is not always possible, but I've got a spreadsheet with with everything marked. So if you're in the area and you want to go see a show, let me know, because I'm getting to that age where it's hard to stand for the whole concert, but I still love going. Well, that's uh, the end of our conversation today. I hope... Uh, you've been blessed by, by what I've offered you today, so can we get serious for a minute? And, and I want to ask that you offer something back in return. If this has been a blessing to you, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? What now shall you do? Are you going to tell about the goodness that you have received from this podcast? Who can you tell that needs to hear this good news? How can you help us grow and rise up the charts by subscribing, by giving us a rating of five stars, by leaving a review, by sharing on social media? I pray you will. Thanks again, everyone. Our theme song is Be Thou My Vision from the 8-Bit Hymnal by Mr. Tyler Larson. You can follow me for more content on Instagram at PopCulturePastor or on Facebook under PopCulturePastor. This podcast is edited and produced by me, You're dismissed. Go in peace.